0: is Thomas, a.k.a. a Mad Painter. I'd like you to join me Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Open Canvas. Don't forget to bring an open mind. Yes, folks, that's right. Bring an open mind to an open canvas. Again, that is Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern. you opposed government corruption. This is Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. You don't need to expect us. We're already here. This is the people's war. It is our war. We are the fighters. Fight it, then. Fight it with all that is in us. And may God defend the right. Warning! Warning! we got to stop us! They're going to kill us all! See how the trouble you've started? Be they the government, be they industry,
1: be they organized labor, be they anyone
0: For you beings, be! when the operation of the machine becomes so horrid. It's just so sick at heart. You can't take part. You can't even possibly take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus. And you've got to make it stop. And you've got to indicate to the people who run it, to the people who own it, that unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. Revolution Radio at FreedomSlips.com, the number one listener supported talk radio station, throwing ourselves upon the gears of the machine. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. You called down the thunder, well now you've got it. Right, you New Welcome to Crypt Ricks I've Been Thinking. What's this show all about? Well, it's all in the title. He enjoys interviewing people about issues that he finds interesting and which cause him to sit back and think. Cryptocurrency. True crime. Natural law. The occult. No topic is off limits here. He has always enjoyed when people give their points of view or thoughts on different topics that they have researched. And what makes it all great is that it's their unique take on what is being discussed. For that reason alone, it makes it interesting to him. So take that walk down to his crypt. Make yourself comfortable. And just maybe, he will be discussing a topic that you have been thinking about. Here's your host, Crypt Rick. Rick. Well, Welcome everybody, we are
2: here, we are back for another episode of Crypt Ricks I've Been Thinking and I just want to take the time to welcome everybody, I'm actually in the chat room, I'm so happy I figured that out so definitely going to keep an eye on the chat the best I can, I hope I don't find it too distracting but I'm learning as I go here so just be a little patient here but uh, definitely been a super busy day but before we get into all of that Just to let everyone know that right here at Revolution Radio, it is all listener-supported. You guys all know that, and it is you guys that I always say, make this all possible and make this happen. And so definitely, if you guys can go up, hit up to the donation section there and donate whatever you can. I mean, every little bit helps. It all adds up, and it keeps us on the air, keeps this great station on the air, all the amazing uh, hosts that we have for this, uh, you know, station that are bringing you amazing content and, you know, it's a great thing to support because, as I was saying, I always say this that uh, we're losing our freedoms quicker and quicker, and it seems to be every you know day. It's just we're losing more and more. So, and you have to keep platforms like this up and going because at least here we can talk about stuff that any other platform does not like, and I know this from experience on YouTube and some other platforms that as soon as you start talking about a few, you know certain subjects, they definitely will yank your Video off the channel quicker than you can pretty much upload it, and even comment sections. Uh, I was watching comment sections today on Facebook, and uh, about uh, what Trudeau was talking about today, he actually came out and had a little hissy fit, and uh, that's what I call it. And uh, you know, people were putting their comments, and anything that was negative on on the uh, that page, on t- it was a Twitter page. Anything that was negative that they were saying about what he was saying, they were yanking the comments down as quick as they were going up. So. Very important to support any platform that is for freedom like this and lets people talk about what's really going on, bringing the truth to you. And so definitely support if you can. Much appreciated. And uh, so today, kind of an open show. I just wanted to – first hour, I just got uh, a guest on here. I've had him on before, Greg Fernandez Jr. I just want to welcome you, Greg, to the the crypt once again for the first hour. I kind of pulled you out of your – kidnapped you for your lunch hour and – I want to you know just to chat with you in that, and then for the second hour, I've got my friend Adam, who uh, uh, worked definitely uh, in the financial area uh, for many years and a uh, you know a financial advisor and stuff like that. And I figured he'd be great to get on here um, because as much as I don't agree with uh, government and the banking systems and stuff like that, the stock market and everything, as I tell people. And I'm sure you'll agree, Greg, that you have to have your, you know, multiple irons in the fire. So I do believe that, you know, invest in definitely gold, silver. That's a staple. Uh, I'm dabbling in cryptocurrencies, I've told people. And so, I mean, and also, if I can get a little bit in the stock market, I mean, I don't agree with the system. But if I can put some uh, kind of like eggs in that basket, I think that's a smart thing to do, too. Trying to, you know, have more. I just think it's cool to have like
3: multiple irons in the fire. What do you think? Yeah. yeah, nothing, nothing wrong with that. I'm more into like property, looking at property businesses, stuff like that. But it's tough right now. Um, for sure. Yeah, I think whatever, whatever you can, you can do. The problem is the dollar is not worth a dollar now. So obviously that's that's a big issue. So oh, for sure. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's true. Like the dollar is not worth what it used to be, and uh, it's it's crazy when you start digging into that, uh, when you start looking into the dollar and what it's not worth and even in my even in my uh short amount of years on this planet I, the amount of change i've seen going on in this world is it's 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 alarming in my in my opinion i and from what i've seen and how the dollar is uh not what it used to be and it's kind of incredible that it's even holding any i mean i don't really think it holds much value anymore at all and i think a lot of people would agree with that and it's a necessary evil to to get along in this world you need it I mean like so I definitely but I you know like I I I agree with you property's probably a great way to go I know where I live that over the last few years the properties have uh, have gone up drastically like the cost of houses and that and there's a lot of people selling houses around my area like they're as quick as they go up they're they're, they're sold it's incredible and what about in where you're living are you noticing that too like I always like talking to people in different areas of the world because it 's always different right so what 's going on with the housing in
3: your area? people selling houses what 's going on over there it's i mean' it's, it's obviously it 's different in each little little pocket here right um, what when i when 'm seeing a lot is people are moving out so out of Cal California, lots of people are getting out if if they can if there 's a a way they 're selling houses and a lot of uh, a lot of uh, foreigners are actually moving in, buying up properties and you know they're getting out of their countries too they're getting out of china getting out of these countries where things are just crazy they want to come here to what i believe is the greatest country ever so i don't i don't blame them for that um you know it's just it's uh it's really interesting how many people are moving out of california or would like to move out of, right. of california and and you look at the housing prices and and it's like really 1 million dollars for this night for this little tiny shack But these people from from other countries, that just shows you how bad it is in those other countries. They would they have they're dying to come out here. You know, they're risking everything. They're sacrificing, doing all of these crazy jobs, all this crazy stuff just to get into this country because they know that at least they have a chance here.
2: Right. I totally agree. And and that's what I was noticing. Like I was when I'm looking at the housing here where I live, houses that normally would sell maybe for. I don't know, a few years ago, say, well, more than a few years ago, probably before the pandemic, I should say, houses that were selling for maybe three hundred and fifty, four hundred thousand, say, let's just give that a general for like a normal size house. That that was mm-hmm. kind of what it was going for. Now, I've seen them selling for five hundred and fifty. I've seen cases where they've even sold for six hundred thousand, and I'm like, that is incredible that people are actually paying that for these houses um that are definitely not worth that amount uh as a as a house it's just not and sure. so yeah i find that really alarming and I, and but i'm i really i don't know if it's a smart move to sell at this point like i mean i i get why people are doing it because you know you're making a great profit right if you can get almost double for what your house is worth um yeah a lot of people think i'm going to sell and then Invest that money, whatever they want to think, and I just keep wondering. Okay, if you sell your house and you get even double for it, okay, yeah, you made a nice chunk of profit, but then you have to go buy another house, right? And then yep. you're going to be paying, yeah, like so. It's not like you're getting a house for the original price of three hundred thousand. Now you're paying six hundred thousand for this house. So how are you? I really don't understand what people's logic in it. I'm sure there is a way that people are flipping and making money and stuff like that, but I'm kind of like
3: I, I think wondering, you know? I, yeah, I. I think uh, that's why people um, they sell their houses in this state and they have to move to some other state. You can't just buy you can't sell a house here in Cali and then think that you're going to buy something really nice here too. You know, if right, if right. you want to get a really nice house, so you don't have to do a lot of work on. So I think it's really what, what I'm seeing here is a lot of people they're selling their houses here, moving to other states where everything is basically lower and they can you know get a lower paying job and still make those those, like, house payments where they're not as much. I mean, some people, when you think about rent in, like, San Francisco, $3,000, $4,000 for a little condo, for a small little place, that's just rent. Wow. That's yeah. not even owning any anything, and so it's like, I feel bad, but all this is, I mean, you talk about the whole dollar bill being, you know, the dollar bill isn't isn't worth it. These home prices are definitely not worth it, but it's just a business and they just want to keep this business going. So it's it's all just money driven. And oh, for sure. Currency driven, I guess is a more accurate. Oh, thing. for sure. Yeah,
2: and and speaking of rent, that's a good point too because uh rent here where I live uh is is gone crazy. Like it, it is so expensive. Like I really don't know how a lot of people are even making rent anymore and then that and like because i remember the the apartment that i came up before i got my house we were paying back in like for years we lived at this apartment for probably about 20 years and like we were definitely in there like we were dug right into that apartment because we had a good deal for the rent and we were all and we were paying i think it was about people aren't going to believe this but i think for a two-bedroom we were paying about around 900 inclusive which means like your hydro is covered your water so you're just paying this 900 bucks, and then, you know, if you wanted to pay, get cable or phone and everything, obviously you paid for that. But all your basic necessities were covered, including your rent for this $900. And we kept, like, they wanted to out of this apartment in the worst way because we kept getting grandfathered in on that plan. And so they, all the other buildings, all the other apartments that people were living in and moving out, they were able to jack the rent rate up and basically even get rid of the inclusive like that's a rare thing now at least in my area to find anywhere that's inclusive unless you're paying a big amount of rent like three four thousand dollars you might find inclusive but for what Mm. we were paying um you don't hear that anymore now that same apartment i found out because uh i still came in contact that live in that area that same apartment that we moved out of that we were paying 900 for now they've jacked the rent up i think to like almost 1600 inclusive wow yeah, like they doubled it as soon as we moved out. Like they were so happy when we gave our notice that we were moving out that they were just like, "All right, go, see you later, nice knowing you." Like they wanted us out of there so they could jack the rent up. And I couldn't even imagine what rent is like where you like. What is an apartment like? Say it's say a two bedroom standard. What is it? What do you are they going
3: for in your area? Like what's? Yeah, probably. Well, I mean, if if you're lucky, 20, 2400 mm-hmm. Um. So it's it's gonna be over. And and it's like you could you know when you think about it like. Those are those are those are monthly house payments. You right. Find somewhere that you could make a, you know, house payment. But you got to be careful because there's a lot of ghetto areas out here too. So you don't just want to move in. and
0: like, Exactly. Be very
3: careful about. I don't know what what it's like there, but uh, crime is just going up and up and up. It's so crazy. Ever since the whole riot started happening, COVID, all that stuff, like things are just getting worse. And I never thought it would be this bad so quickly within just just a couple of years.
2: Right, and that's what I wanted to talk to you about too in your area. How is the homeless situation in that? Because I do know that not so much in the town that I live in, but I've been keeping a lot of close tabs on uh, places like uh, Vancouver and some of the bigger cities, even Toronto and places like that, and apparently the homeless situation is really – a, a problem and you don't see much of it. They're not really talking about it much in the, in the media for sure, which is no surprise to me that they're not covering stuff like this. Um, but what is this? Like I, I knew that I, I, from what I remember back a couple of years ago from COVID that the homeless p- uh, problem in California was, and in places like New York was get, uh, getting out of control. So how is it now? Is it getting worse and worse? Like what are you seeing?
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's definitely getting worse. Uh, every, every freeway, there's tent cities. Um, you're just seeing them along. Uh, they're just growing and growing growing. So that means crime is growing. Drugs are growing. All that stuff, you know, all this weird stuff that has, hap- that has been happening, it's just getting worse and worse. But the homeless, that's been a big issue. That's been a big, big problem here for at least in the last 10, 20, 20, years. And it's definitely getting worse. Just huge, big tent cities where it's just these people living in their cars, living in these tents and all, all that stuff, and shooting up, doing doing drugs, um, they would just rather do do that, do crime, and not really, you know. And maybe they're at that point where they can't get back on their their feet. There are churches, there are programs that will help people get back on their feet, but it takes time and it's not easy. And you have to really be willing to want to do that, not to just not a quick easy easy buck. So. Um, right, right. Yeah, it's definitely getting getting worse, and it's really, really sad. And it's getting closer to our backyards, to everybody's backyards. I grew up in a very safe uh, city, and uh, now it's it's all a bunch of transients. It's just homeless people here, there, begging. You know, they're angry, they're they're mad, they they hate life. They have nothing to lose, and that's scary because if a person has nothing to lose, then they're not worried about committing crimes and about uh, hurting hurting others for sure so that's just so they can live you know, right. it's, you know it's bad
2: yeah that that's how, what i'm noticing here in the in the larger cities too and i'm with you i don't know how i don't know how you begin to fix the problem like i like yeah there's there's programs out there for sure um but i mean they can only do so much right they i mean when you got this many homeless people and because of this all this COVID crap like so many like I think we're going to be seeing the damage from what this, all of these lockdowns and that. Where we, I, I keep saying, I don't think we've even seen the beginning of the long term, like, and the, how serious the damage is that's going on from all of this. Because I know even in my little town, I can, the amount of shops that have closed. uh, I have a friend that had a restaurant and they, they, we had so many lockdowns that they, for the first lockdown, yeah, they kind of weathered it. it. It hurt them and but they they weathered it like they they got through it but then we got you know they were open like they keep playing this game with us right where they'll open up for a couple months and then they lock it down then they open it up lock it down no business can survive on that like unless you do some serious adapting where a lot of people in my area have done that to doing takeout and uh or you can curbside pickup and stuff like that but it's incredible the amount of small businesses in my even in my little town that when i drove down drive down the main strip of my town it's just like shop and then boarded up, boarded up, boarded up, shop, boarded up, you know, it's all the way down and it's all the little stores that are getting hit and it just it breaks my heart and it makes me angry because it this doesn't need to happen and I don't know how we I don't know how we recover from it Greg. I really don't. It's such a massive problem.
3: Yeah, we have uh, our pastor is actually talking about this um that they do uh they do a food drive every Tuesday and Thursday or something like that and he was saying the cars lined up for like blocks for for miles of just families trying to just Get food. So, I mean, there are good people out there helping, but, but you're, you're right. They can only do so much. They can't help every, everybody. And it's, it is really, really sad what we're seeing. The big corporations aren't suffering. You do notice that. I mean, you see that. Oh, of course. People, people listening to this probably know, you know, that little corner store, that little corner store coffee store or that little, you know, the little marketplace that has been there for years is now gone. Um, we see that here and yeah, boarding places being boarded up. The big companies coming in, taking over. Small companies don't get any incentives to stay open, uh, but these big corporations do, and it's it's really, really sad, and that's pretty yep. much it. It's just going to be the those big guys, and I don't know. I, I feel bad for any person who is trying to own their small business. Um, it's definitely not something that I would want to jump into now
2: no yeah exactly yeah why would you even want to open one that's it's gonna for years i think if i was somebody that wanted to open a restaurant or any small business i would be so scared to do it because you never know when they're gonna like throw the boot down on your people's neck again and lock it down and i think that's gonna be something that we see um
3: here's a, here's a here's, here's a crazy one though um the wrestling business is booming, though. <laughs> These small local wrestling companies, from what I'm seeing, are booming. So I don't, you know, maybe it's maybe it's not every business. Maybe we're just not in the right businesses.
2: I don't know. It, it could be, yeah. And I think maybe people are just hard for to to get back to normal, right? Like people want right. to get back to normal living, and and uh, so any form of entertainment. Like I know because I haven't got vaccinated that I I can't basically I, I'm they've excluded me. And I know that they say that, you know, it's not, it's not required by law that you get the jab or anything like that. And, but yeah, they're, they're definitely excluding people and demonizing people that aren't getting vaccinated. And if, and if anybody says different, they're just lying either to themselves or whoever they're talking to because I can definitely, uh, I see it. I can't go to a movie. I can't definitely go to a movie theater. Uh, not allowed to go there. I'm not allowed to go, like, to a concert. I want to go see Alice Cooper. He's coming to a, uh, Big city, I think Ottawa coming up in the next few months and and it doesn't even matter if you, i a if you have a medical uh exemption, they don't care it's like well, okay, you got a medical exemption we don't have, we still don't have to let you in, so I can't go to that and then i and to me it's not a far cry from where they're going to start clamping, and I'm sure they have in some states from what I've heard that they're clamping they're it's only a matter of time before they do it to grocery stores and stuff like that and i and it doesn't it wouldn't surprise me if they did do that. Uh, what do you think? Like, are you seeing people that aren't vaccinated being excluded? Like, what are your thoughts on the whole thing?
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, they're being they're being shamed. Oh, shamed for. It, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Like bullies. There's all, remember all these. All, I don't know if they did it, if they had it out there, but it was all there was a big uh, thing about being bullies and like we're going to fight against bullies and this anti bully thing. And then that's all that they're basically doing. They're being bullies. They're bullying you into uh, just taking it to taking the shot. You ask them what is in the shot. They have no idea what's in the shot. They don't care what's in the shot. Yep. It's just all fear, fear based, and they're just doing it. I think many people are just doing it because everybody else is doing it too. I know people that have told me that. At least, at least they they're truthful about it. You know, yep. they're like, yeah, I just got it because everybody else is getting it, and there's so much pressure to just get it. You know, and I mean, we've we've seen that happen. You can't like you were talking about. We're being censored. You can't talk about that. You can't talk about anti COVID stuff. You can't talk about all these all alternatives to it and everything. It's yep. just no. It's it's either this or nothing. And it's it's really, really sad. And you're right, it's getting getting worse. It is. And that that's what
2: really worries me too, is that how bad the censorship is getting on uh in the world in general, but on all these platforms. And you know, if anybody thinks that we have any uh any if anybody has the illusion that we are free as a people um or we have freedom on these platforms and stuff like that i don't know what to tell them because this is not what freedom looks like in my it just isn't like i mean you know and you have people say that they're all for free speech and all that and i find that yeah they're for free speech if it agrees with what they're what they're pushing basically yeah that's free speech if you agree with them but as soon as you start giving a little pushback uh Then all of a sudden, they got a problem with it. And I'm noticing that really bad on, like, well, me and you, we do YouTube videos, and you know as well as I do that if you put anything up that's anti uh, COVID or anti vaccine or nothing like that, it's tore down immediately. Like, there's no, and it's really surprising how quick they're doing it. And that's not freedom, right? Like, I mean, we should, people should be able to hear both sides and then do what you want I, I and that's the thing that i don't like either is that i keep getting told i'm an anti vaxxer because i don't want to get vaxxed. and that's so far from the truth that but they're throwing that label on me they're putting that cloak on me to wear that oh you're anti vaxxer because you don't want to get the vax and i'm like that's not true i'm not anti vax but i mean yeah you don't, honest, you don't
3: you don't look look down on people because they get it never yeah, exactly are looking down on you because For you sure. don't like that's there's something wrong there
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah, I have friends. That, I have friends. I was talking about this with somebody uh, in another chat room when we were having a talk, and I, I have friends that will not come around me anymore because I didn't get <laughs> vaxxed. Like, they literally wow. will not. They'll, they'll talk to me on Messenger and stuff like that. They'll, you know, on the phone or whatever, they'll talk to me, but they don't want to be around me. Like, they, and <laughs> I've actually been around people, and I told them, like, oh, they're like, oh, you got the jab, right? And I'm like, no, not yet. And they they, literally back up from me about four feet. Like, <laughs> wow. like, I'm like oh, it's the truth. Happened twice wow. to me so far with friends, where they've actually physically backed up from me, and then you know you try to uh, hook up and invite them over or something, and then they'll usually they'll eventually tell me like, no, you know I got to stay away from you until you get vaccinated. And so you know wow. that's crazy when people are, it's got to this level of um, where people are being shamed if they're not, and we're being. You know what's
3: what's crazy is know, people people get vaxxed and the, and they and they still get it. And then yeah, like, that that's not yeah yeah. So you're jumping around on everybody else. You got the shot. You're still getting it. You're carrying it. You're actually yep. going to to harm those people who aren't getting it. You're 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 contaminating us. I tried telling people that they don't want to <laughs> hear that.
2: No, and that's true. And I and I was talking to a lady that worked in the COVID in the U.S. She was working in the uh, one of the uh wards that was a covid ward where people come in that are that are infected basically and i and i wanted the truth i said to her i said like can you tell me the honest truth like how many people are coming in with covid that are vaccinated to the amount of people coming in that aren't vaccinated like what's the ratio is it like more people that are vax coming in vice versa and she said to be honest it's about 50 50 she's like i can't Yeah, she said half the people coming in that are really sick, they've been vaccinated, and then there's half that are coming in that are really sick that haven't been vaccinated. So I wouldn't call this a vaccination. I would call it a treatment at best. Um, But, yeah, people are still getting it. It's not a – you know, they were selling it at the beginning, if people remember, and a lot of people have short memory. They were selling this as if you get vaccinated, you know, you're going to be protected from it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you need a second shot. And then it's like you need a third shot. Some countries, they're already on their fourth or fifth shot. And Trudeau uh, was just speaking today. And, you know, he, yeah, he's doubling down. He thinks people should get a fourth jab. That's what Mm. he was saying. So he's, yeah, like this whole trucker thing, he hasn't budged on it yet from what I've seen. And he, um, that's what he, yeah, like he's basically, he's dug his, it looks like he's dug in on his line. He's
3: got to. He has to. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just Look crazy. at who the heck is voting for these guys? That's I always wonder that. Of course, I can't say anything about because my state we're the same thing. It's like they keep voting for the same people, and then they they're like expecting something different to to happen. I think a lot of people just kind of check out. They just don't even vote because it's like ah, it's, it's always going to be the same guys. But I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are on on that about the whole voting thing. I know a lot of people think ah, it doesn't doesn't really really matter. But it's like well, you know, there's only a few weapons that we have left voting is still one of them it is it is my
2: thought my thoughts on the i like i i don't i'm definitely against all forms of government and i mean we could do a whole show on why i believe with that i just don't i think government is slavery all the way through i just think that it is uh something that is is a, just a weapon of fear that they that they use against people if you and i'm for the whole voting thing I just think that you're just gonna get more of the same you you know they've got it you're getting six of one or half a dozen of the other, and that's what i don't I think that's the problem that a lot of people come into is they think that this is a problem that you're gonna vote away and I, it's and it's never it's never worked in the in the past, so I don't know why people think it's gonna work in the future i mean you're and 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 i'm not that's not me saying that just look at history and you'll see that that's the case like it you know people will say, oh if we just get this person in everything's going to change and it's going to be beautiful and it's going to work out. That person gets in, nothing changes. It It's the same thing. They may change a couple little things here and there, but it's still, uh, you know, status quo continue on. And then, you know, that person gets voted out. Another person comes in. It's the same thing. So I don't think this is a problem that we can, it's not a voting problem. It's, we have to dismantle the government. The government to me is so corrupted from the top down that, it's just a problem that's bigger than voting somebody in. So I mean, that we and you, Greg, could do a whole show on just sure. on <laughs> government. Like I mean, I am so against it, and I've been like that for years, for mm, so many years. And it's probably one of the things that I argue with people about the most in my, at least in my immediate life. Like I'm, all, I have people in my family that are like all for the government would never hurt us, and they're here to protect us, and they're here to help us, and I'm.
3: The opposite, and so we definitely butt heads on that. So, yeah, I was I was pretty anti-government up until um, Trump. Trump really changed my view on a lot of different things. So I'm, I'm sure we could do a whole sh- a whole show on that.
0: Oh, well, sure.
2: oh yeah, for sure, yeah. Like that, that's <laughs> another hotbed topic too. But you <laughs> I'm know, not a like, very
0: popular guy
2: here. Yeah, well, you know, but you're honest at least, right? I mean, like you just—that's the best we can be, is honest. And I'm a, and I always tell people I am always willing to learn. And to look at all sides of things, and um, and that's how I, you know, you gather information, and you have to use, um, you know, you gotta think about it, and you gotta process it, and understand it, and then you come up with a conclusion, right? And so, you know, so I'm that's what I'm all, uh, that's what I advocate advocate for, and I think people. Common sense somewhere definitely uh, over the years has gone to the wayside. I think over COVID, it's definitely I've seen at least I can only speak for myself, but from what I've seen, common sense is out the window now, and I'm not sure where we go from here. I'm I'm curious to watch. Like, what are your thoughts on all the uh, the trucker convoys and what's going on in uh, Ottawa and stuff like that? And and it's actually going on around the whole world now, basically. What are your thoughts on that?
3: I, I think it's I, I think it's fascinating. I think it's fascinating. And I think that is how you how you do it. You know, they're not uh, they're doing it peaceful. For, first of all, they have a very good, good cause. They have a they have a clear, a clear goal that I think everybody across this world really wants. We don't need these. Mandates. We don't need this, this stuff. If, if the, if the, if the shot works, if, you know, if, if all of this works, we're not going to need any of these things that, that they're bringing down on us. And that was one of the, one of the big things. Uh, with with Trump that I was, you know, he was he was kind of like a pro-vaxxer, but he wasn't a forcing vaxxer. He wasn't trying to force people. And so now you have all of these things where it's like whatever this country does, Canada is going to follow suit, Mexico is going to follow suit. So I kind of knew that all this, and I'm sure many people knew that this was, this was coming. It's going to get worse, it's going to get worse unless people push back. And the problem is how do you push back? If you push back violent behavior, which is what they have really, To try to get you a shot that may kill you, that may cause you harm. That's pretty. That's pretty violent. Even though they try to do it, they act like they're doing it in a peaceful way, but. What these truckers are, are doing, what other people are doing that we're probably not seeing, people are are doing these things. There are people out there taking to their to their streets. We may not hear about it, we may not see mm-hmm. it. It may be censored, but it is happening. And those people, I just, you know, I hope they seeing them seeing this will try to encourage them to keep on. Don't just think because nobody. Don't think because you're out there. Nobody's paying uh, attention that what you're doing is not working. What what you're doing is for not only your family but for the future of this world. That's all that you can do. You you can do something. It's like voting. I wouldn't say you you can't vote and think that whoever you put in there is going to change anything. But it is the, the, the whole fact that they have to rig the whole voting process shows that they are scared that the voting process could work. That's why there's so much voter fraud. Um, this this whole COVID thing too. The reason why they have to try to force us is because they know that it will not work. If, if we just said, hey, if you want to get this shot, get it. People would not do it. They would not take it. These businesses, these, these these companies who are making this shot, they would lose money. So it's all about grants, it's all about government money, it's it's all about who you know, this big businesses and, and everything. It's not really about these small people. What the truckers are doing is a big, big deal because of who they are, because of what they, they do. And I'm curious to see um, how long they can keep it up. Oh, I yeah, definitely.
2: That's what I keep telling people too is I'm super curious to see how this is going to go because we're kind of uh, – I was talking to somebody about this today that we're kind of on a tipping point with this whole trucker thing because, you know, it can go either way. I It's definitely peaceful right now, but I'm just hoping that um, – the, like the government doesn't play dirty right and uh lock like say lock the whole city down nothing can come in nothing can come out uh from what i understand that they definitely they blocked one part of the border because all the convoys have kind of met up so the whole border is blocked <laughs> so i'm just curious you know i definitely know that the, the the truckers uh people have raised a lot of money to keep the truckers there and, the, and from what i've seen with truckers are saying they're not
3: moving uh so yeah, things would, I, change I, you know they're yeah, I, I, they're I, dug in I'd be very careful um, with the people within that trucker movement, make sure that they're all real, because this is how it usually happens. Once it gets to this point, it gets taken over, and now all of a sudden you may see a whole trucker group that is for the, right. the mandates, for these whole vaccinations, or you're going to see something happen, some type of a false flag that is going to try to discredit these these truckers. So for sure, one, one of one or two of those things is probably going to happen. It's the same script. It's, it is a program. It's a computer program. We've seen it for years and years. People that know it are going to see it. They will know it when they see it, and hopefully, we'll be able to document it and kind of ex- expose these frauds and make sure that people people recognize that what some of these bad truckers may do in the next couple months do not actually represent what the good peaceful truckers who started this. Right. You know. So and that's, that's the thing that you like usually
2: and I agree, usually any great movement that starts gets taken over. That you can just that's just something if you start researching you're going to see that that is the case. And that's what I worry about too. There are already groups that are that are really going hard at the truckers and saying that they're, you know, so go to, so far to say that they're un-Canadian and that <laughs> wow. they're, you know, oh yeah, there is groups out there that are not happy about this um this, bacon. You know, okay yeah yeah they're just basically like they're just they're really going hard at them they don't agree with what the truckers are doing and so i that's why i was saying we're kind of on a teetering point i'm really i'm really want to see how this is going to play out because uh, like i said like i thought trudeau would, like well i didn't expect much when i heard him talk i mean i never do but i like when he started saying like he really dug in and Uh, when he was talking about, you know, maybe we need to, all of us need to get a fourth shot and stuff like that. I'm like, oh my, so he's really doubling down now. Like, so he's dug in now and you got the truckers dug in. And this is, you know, it's great to see that it's happening around the world. I just, I think it should have happened a lot sooner. And I think that if more, like all the businesses, like small businesses and all of that should be doing this. They, I think people need to say this is enough. And if, uh, you know, the more people that get behind this and start, saying enough that's people have to start saying the word no yeah you know that's a powerful word that people don't realize and you know and there is a lot of people that are i i don't blame them for being frustrated and and mad and all of that i mean geez some people's lives have been destroyed over what the government is governments of the world have done over the last few years you know like think of all the marriages greg that have that have ended all the uh the divorce is going on. Like, uh, when you start looking at those stats and suicide, that's another thing. Suicide, not, you're right. Yeah, they're not yeah. talking about it. And no. you just got to do a little bit of research. Start looking into, in your area, uh, the suicide rates that are going up. That they're not covering,
3: and hey, Trump was Trump. Trump was talking he was. about that. That was that was one one of the reasons why he was saying, "Look, we cannot keep this country closed." And look at what Biden is doing. He wants to keep this country closed. If they keep this country closed, all these other countries are going to stay stay closed. Of course, yep. the countries that want to that are you know like Russia, they're not, they're not closed. Yep. You know, they're all they're all open and they're all doing whatever they they want. But yeah, you're you're totally right. It's like the whole suicide rate, I mean everything that we were doing when the when this country was locked down, you guys were locked down too, right I mean, yeah oh for sure, it, yeah, yeah, it was they, like a they, ghost town, yeah, a yeah. ghost country, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, you would drive down to go like
2: to the grocery store and i it was it was literally what you said it was a ghost town there you would barely see uh like you might see the odd person walking their dog or something like that, but it really at first it scared a lot of people, and um. Yeah, it was alarming, and then, but like, I mean, that's what they're doing now in Canada. Like, they'll they'll lighten up a little bit, and mm-hmm. things will kind of start going back to normal a little bit. You know, you still got to wear your mask, and you still got to be six feet apart, and all of that good stuff. But they'll kind of lighten it up and stuff like that, and then they'll just all of a sudden the cases will go up just a little bit, at least in my area. And then they'll they'll hammer it down again. You know, they'll yeah. they, they want, and you can't. No society can work like that. How how can, like we no. were saying, how can you open a business? If you don't know from one month to the next, if you're going to be locked down for a month or two or however long, like, you can't do that. The big companies are okay. Walmart, you know, fast food joints like McDonald's and that, they're not going to feel no hit. They're probably doing better. Amazon, doing probably amazing. They probably love this whole pandemic thing. This is, (laughs) you know, imagine, uh, like, look how much money that Amazon has made since this pandemic. It will, it will, your jaw will hit the table when you see how much money they've made in the last few years because of this. It's inc- it's incredible.
3: That's right. That's right. And it, like news n- news media's, you know, these big these big ones, they can say whatever they want. Nobody's watching. Nobody's listening. Yet they still somehow have money. Yet they still are never going to go out of out of business. That's what these big companies do. And it really makes you wonder. I wouldn't call them government companies, government cor- corporations, but man, there's some. There's another secret power. There's a there's a dark force there. There's some. Evil power that is really keeping these things going there 's something very powerful at work here, spiritually and even physically too, that is just making sure that the 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 good guys shut down and the big guys stay open it 's really crazy, and we 're now seeing this all this stuff is coming to light in a, in, a, in a way that I never thought that we would see like this where it 's so Open every you know you have so many different sides like people are choosing sides now where you have people who are so pro-vax, anti-vax, pro-social justice, anti-social justice. I mean, it is just this is what they want. or yep. out, of, out of out of chaos. This is what they've been building for. It's the same people. It's the same group. It's the same program. Yep.
2: Yeah, and I I agree, Greg. I've been saying that for a lot of years that we are dealing with a I call it a cult of ultimate evil. I really do, and I think that is run by the people at the very top. I think they. I think that we are dealing with uh, people that are more evil than anybody could imagine. And, um, yeah, this is definitely what they want. They want everybody fighting. Of course they do. Because the last thing they want is anybody standing together in unity and standing up for each other. And, like, that is the one thing that they fear the most is people actually – Doing the spiritual work on themselves and uh, realizing how powerful uh, of a you know humanity is and how powerful people are, and they they want to keep that divide so that people don't come together and and have as one unit. And that's so of course they're going to have the infighting and that. They love that, and that's why I keep saying that. And you kind of hit it when you said that we're dealing with an evil that. You know something very evil that's running all of this of course i, I definitely 100 percent believe that at the top of this chain that we're dealing with people that are extremely uh knowledgeable on how humanity's uh how, how humanity thinks um they're extremely well versed in how real natural law works and they know that uh so you're dealing with like basically like a like you know master psychologist in a way they know how all of this works they know how people think so they can control it. And if we as uh, if humanity as a whole doesn't understand uh real natural law or they don't understand uh, even what real government is, if they don't understand any of these things, like if people don't know what, like, I guess what I'm saying is if people don't understand that level of it, then how do you comp- how do you fight this evil? Like you have to know what your enemy and. That's the problem, and a lot of people still put a lot of legitimacy into government, and that's the thing, right? So then you have people that are on the side that we need more government, and so, and I had run into people like that. They're like, we need more government to make this all work, and I'm like, oh, okay, and then I have other people that are saying that we need less government, but we still need government. We just need a little bit less, and I'm like, okay, so we got government light that you want. You want to kind of lighten it down? I'm for no government at all, and I, and like I said, we will do a show someday, and then I way I can explain my position. <laughs> sure. But I don't, I just don't believe that we. I don't. I, to me, it's just slavery, and it's always ruled by fear, and they are they coerce people, like they they do everything that is just evil. And this is the problem that we're dealing with, is that I don't think people realize. I think a lot of people know that the world is messed up. I mean, anybody can look and if they're being honest with themselves, they can see that. And, but they have to realize that this is bigger than government and that we're dealing with something that is very evil in this world that is uh a bigger animal like a bigger dragon, whatever you want to put kind of, a bigger beast to 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 fight against and the first step is knowing what your rights are what a right is you know if you don't have know if you don't even know what a right is, then how do you defend it that's true. you know and that's why we're losing them. That's why, in my opinion, we're losing them so fast is because people don't even know what what a, what a right is, and they don't – so they're not defending it. And I think that worries me the most is how much freedom we've lost even in my lifetime, and it must be something
3: that's on your mind too when you look at the big picture. Yeah, yeah, you have a thing where people feel like they're entitled. They're entitled to this. They're entitled to whatever they feel like they should be entitled to. As a As a Christian, obviously those – um, the rights and the wrongs are clearly set, set out, so how I apply them to the government that I'm in, when I vote, when I talk with people, when I try to help people, that's what really matters. This is ground-level work here. It, this is stuff no one's ever going to hear about. They're never going to see. It's not stuff that I should be bragging about, posting on social media. You should never post on social media. Oh, I did this great thing or whatever. Do great things. Do good things. Do good things for, for, for God and you will get some, something back. You cannot do things out of fear because people force you to. It has to be because you wanted to. To me, that is free will because I'm doing this because I want to. I'm not doing it because somebody is forcing me to, because I feel pressured to. And so that's why I'm never going to take this, this shot. I would, I would rather die. I'd rather die than wow. take this shot yep. that, that they're trying to, to give. to to give us it it makes absolutely no sense there's no reason for me to to take it um i I just it's just not gonna gonna happen
2: yeah no i know a lot of people i know actually i'm starting to meet a lot more people that that are not getting it like i was kind of surprised at first i like for a while i was like oh my god i think like i'm one of the only people at least around my circle that have not got it like i know like maybe two other people now that i know around my like that are friends of mine that have not got it, and they're like kind of like you. They're like, I'm not getting it. It's just that's as simple as it gets, and uh, they're not getting it. And so, I mean, I am starting to meet. I'm not, now that I'm uh, online more, and I'm meeting a lot of cool people uh, that are online, and I'm starting to see that there is a lot more. Now the media is trying to portray it that where <laughs> there's not many people. That you know, there's only a certain little group that's not getting vaccinated. And that's just right. not true, right? Like I mean right. there there's a lot of people that are sick of this. And when do these vaccines stop, right? Like after what, ten? Like I mean I can see that eventually in a couple of years, right? Like get your tenth shot. And it's we're no and that's the thing. We've never had a, a supposed vaccine for like a flu or anything. Like, yeah, they got flu shots and that, which never worked. They never seem to get the right flu every every year that they bring these flu shots out. And so we're and the the thing that scares me is that it's such a new technology in these shots. And you were mentioning earlier that we don't even know what's in them. And I I know that firsthand because when my doctor was trying really really hard to get me to get this vaccine, I had that, I just simply asked them. I was like, "What's in it? Give me a sheet that tells me what I'm putting in my body. What is in this shot?" And they don't sure. they don't know. They don't know. She had wow. no idea what what was in the in the vaccine. She was just get it. It's good for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it was crazy. Like, and, I, and, I, and I'm just like, and then yeah, they'll give you a sheet that gives you this, you know, possible side effects, death, blah 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 blah. blah yeah, but I want what to. The young I, man's
3: yeah, they I just know, want to. They, they know all, all the things that could happen to you, but they yep, don't know what's in it.
2: Yep. And that's thats the thing I found really disturbing is that they don't even know what it is that's going into your body. They can't give you a sheet of what's going in it. And I was reading something, and I and I have to look more into this because I just before I got on air was glancing at it. And so I am going to read about it. And then if it's, it turns out to be really true and there's some legitimacy to it, then I'll talk about it more next week. But there is apparently some doctors, I think in Italy that are uh, looking at the vaccine. They're, they're actually looking at it and studying it and getting like looking right down microscopics, going right through it. And they did find apparently from the ad, the, uh, the scientists in, in that country, they were finding nanotechnology in, the Ooh. vaccines in the I can't remember which one it was. It might be Moderna. I don't quote me on that. It was one of them, but they are wow. finding that there there are uh the when they look at it under a microscope, there is this form of nanotechnology, and it's like little square. From the pictures I saw, they look like little square circuit boards, kind of. Is what what these wow. pictures look like at a very microscopic level. So, and there is a lot of these sci- uh, scientists that are looking into this in that country. So I got it. I I mean. Take that for what it's worth. I have not dug into it super deep to know if that's, but it's something definitely to look into because I've heard a lot of people online saying that that that's what they think might be in the shot. Like, what do you think? Do you? I imagine you don't put that past them.
3: Oh no, no, and yeah, and we've been hearing we've been hearing that too. So I've been kind of yeah taking that seriously. Obviously, you know, I, I have to be very careful because I don't really know that much about that. That's way above my head. A lot of the tech technology, all that stuff. Way above me. But um but yeah, so you just you just document it. You see, okay, well this doctor's saying this, doctor's saying that. And what makes it hard is because they're censoring the other side, and it's like, wait a minute, why would you censor it? If it's just a bunch of crackpots that are just making up these theories about nanotechnology, who can put it out there. I would want that out there so that people can see how stupid this, this sounds or how crazy this is, but they're hiding it. They don't even want you to even look at that stuff, yep. which, which makes, makes me think, well, maybe there's something to it. Right, and that's a great point too. And I, I and
2: then I've kind of laughed too because now I'm sure you've seen that they're they're kind of going after Joe Rogan now. Everybody's got it yeah. after after him, right? Because he's had apparently he's only had uh, doctors person. on, right. yeah, like doctors on his channel that are are against the vaccine. That's the argument that people are having. and A lot of people, you know, went again are going after him for that. And so I've heard that he is going to have a a guest on a doctor that is pro-vaccine so i think he was probably forced in a certain degree to have this doctor on there i'm not sure whether spotify or he might have done it on his own too to get oh yeah i'm sure he might yeah he might have just said i want to have a doctor for it but i have always agreed with what joe rogan says whether you like the guy or not that i think the ground level we have to start taking responsibility for our health and we have to start uh being proactive when it comes to our health um i know since in the last three years i have drastically um started to take care of what I'm eating. I'm more conscious of what I'm eating. I'm trying to eat healthier, taking a slew of vitamins every day. Like, I mean, I'm trying to cover every base I can with my vitamins and even taking CBD, which there is studies, Greg, out there now. I've been reading a few studies that they're doing, and that THC and CBD, for some reason, it's blo- it blocks the COVID really? virus. Yeah, they're starting to find it out. I can send you some articles, and it's not just one article. I've been reading this in multiple uh journals and stuff like that which i find very interesting it doesn't surprise me because i think that we haven't no. even scratched the surface of what uh thc and cbd and that can do for the human body i know i've been taking it for years uh way before it was popular i always tell people that i'm like yeah everybody's talks about seeking now you okay. know cbd yeah i've been taking cbd for about a couple of years and absolutely love it love yep it. oh it's amazing it's an amazing and yeah it's such an amazing uh uh, I would I guess you can call it a drug. I guess that's what it is. <laughs> I mean, it's an amazing plant, right? Like, and exactly. uh, it's, yeah, it's a natural plant. And, uh, you know, it, people should, their ears should perk up because the government for years and years, it was illegal. And, uh, you know, it was like called the devil weed and, <laughs> you know, reefer madness and all of that. Weaver so madness, right away. Yes. Yeah. I remember those videos. They're amazing. You got to watch those every once in a while, guys. <laughs> Just bring up the Reefer Madness videos, and you'll get such a laugh. Like what they what they sold people, and people bought it. And um, it's true. But as soon as the government like I, as soon as the government hates something like that, I usually look at it and go, okay, what are they trying to hide? Why do they not want people taking this? And right. can you imagine like if that if they do find out that CBD and THC actually block the COVID virus and make it harder for you to get infected with COVID? That's a big deal. That's oh yeah, that's huge.
3: So yeah, I'm really, I'm really glad. Be. I'm glad that you're taking it too. That's really cool. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely helped. Um, I've I've had a lot of back pains, a lot of just childhood pains that I've always had, and um, it's really helped helped me just kind of stay keep that clear clear mind with my body aches, body pain, stuff like that. Man, it's it's great.
2: Oh, for sure, yeah. Like with me, yeah, with my arthritis too. Yeah, I'm definitely um big on cbd i think that's made a big big difference and uh it's getting more available too you know it's getting more available uh to find it was a little hard to find here but now it's 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 becoming more available and i see a lot of when i go to get my every month i'm seeing a lot of the older people going there like it's not just young people you know you think everybody at the weed store is just young going in and and it's not it's a lot of people are really from all ages are going right into uh by CBD, that's what they're asking for.
3: So, so is it is it drops?
2: Is it gummies? What is the the what the I use I use like a tincture, like a it's like an oil almost. It's a tincture that you put under your tongue. That's okay. the way I do it. That's, but you can yeah, you can find good. okay, that's what you have too. Okay, yeah, but you can find it. You can find actual marijuana that's mostly CBD. It's pretty high CBD, really low THC.
3: Uh, they have the gummy bears now. They've got uh, – What do you think about the gummies? Because I, I just started that because I've been having trouble sleeping to get my mind to just kind of stop. Right. And I, I, I tried the gummies these last couple of weeks. They, they're high in, in sugar is the only thing that right. I don't like. But they, but they work. They help me
2: sleep. They work, yeah. Yeah, I think I think they're great. I think any any way you can get CBD into your body, whether you're sick or not, I think it's a great just – it's just good for your health. And the more research they're doing, they're realizing that how beneficial it is. So, I mean, the gummy bears, if they work for you, I always tell people whatever works. I know some people that don't like edibles, and they like just uh, to smoke it, and I know some people that like the tincture that you put under your tongue. So, I mean, it's whatever works for you. I mean, uh, I don't mind the gummies. I think the gummies are great. Cool. Yeah, so that's great to hear, though, that you're taking it. I hope a lot of more people start looking into that because – um I think if you're eating good and you're taking a lot of you're taking your whole vitamin supplements like that's the one thing I always like I was saying earlier about Joe Rogan that I've always really liked is that he's always been saying that that there's not enough people talking about preventative ways to stay away from getting covid right like eating right exercising taking your vitamins and stuff like that and that's probably a reason that he's getting a lot of pushback
0: Well yeah this
3: this is like when people when people are like sad when they're depressed they want to give you a pill they want they think like there's this magic pill that's going to solve everything that's what this whole vaccination is it's supposed to be this magic vaccination that is all all of a sudden it's going to cure covid it's like it doesn't work like like that there's natural things that we have that are on this earth that have been here that can help why not try them why not just try it? If, if it doesn't work, then it, it, it doesn't work. But they, they're acting like this shot is the cure all. And obviously, if you have to take boosters, if you have to do it four or five times, it's not. And I agree,
2: and, I, and I, that's one thing I think that they've really—I've uh, noticed even—they uh, don't like a lot of doctors are not into this whole, you know, home-like uh, natural ways of uh, curing certain things. Like they definitely, it's. Run by farm. They want the pharmacy, right? They want to make their money. So they they're all forget the shot, take these pills. It, and everything's a pill these days. Like they got a pill for everything. I mean, it's incredible. When I, I just started was at a friend's place. We were watching just normal cable TV, and I could not believe the amount of drug ads that were going on. Like they got a Greg. They got a pill for everything. Restless leg Thank syndrome. You. Take this pill. You got a twitch. Take this pill. Can't sleep. Take this pill. And I'm thinking there is natural ways to go about this. And, yeah. you know, and I agree. Somebody in chat, blah, blah, blah said, that's a cool name. <laughs> they <laughs> said cannabis <laughs> is the closest thing to a magic pill. I agree. That's I think awesome. that, I think I cannabis agree. is uh, something that people should really look into. And I know a lot of people that don't like it because they think that as soon as you take it, you're going to get stoned out of your mind, which I don't mind, but some people don't want
3: that effect. And that's why well, that's- you look into CBD. Yes. I was just Yep. Yeah. You- Took it right there. And anyone who takes like THC and they kind of get that little the paranoid feeling that I would get. That's why I switched. I switched to just just CBD. And and you don't get that feeling, but you get all of the good things that you would get from smoking weed or from you know from vaping weed. So it's yep. yeah,
2: yeah, it's incre- it's yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, and that's in my and same as when I got my mom uh taking CBD, and she's like 74 years old now, and my mother. Nice. Growing up was the biggest advocate for not taking drugs. I mean, she was so against drugs when I was growing up, which was a good thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Oh, sure, sure. It was a great thing. But she fought even for CBD. She fought me for years to start taking CBD. I finally just she, I just talking to her, and I think that that's what a lot of people have to realize is that you may not change in any topic. You're not going to change somebody's mind maybe in one or uh, 50 conversations. You might have to keep going back and hammering them with the conversation and that's what i did with my mom and dad i just kept telling them my brother kept telling them and i kept hammering it on them and i was like what do you have to lose just try it you're not gonna-. and that's what she, my mom was worried about she's like i don't want to get high right. and i was like cbd doesn't get you high just try a little bit so eventually she started taking a couple drops and then she would be like i feel a little better and then i so we got we worked her up to where she's taking it now At a a really high dose of the CBD, and she swears by it. It's changed her life. It really has. It was that drastic of a change. And I hear a break there, Greg. You are welcome to stay on, Greg. Uh, I have my friend Adam coming on to talk about financial uh, investing and that. If you want to stay on and add some input, you are welcome too. Thank you, my friend. All right. We'll be right back, guys, after this break.
0: Radio at freedomslips.com. We'll be right back after this message.
1: You going back in? There's still men out there. Go home. People ask me, hey, who?
0: Why do you do it, man? Why? Some kind of war junkie? I won't say a goddamn word. Why? They won't understand. They won't understand why we do it. They won't understand.
2: It's about the year.
3: Yeah.
0: That's all it is. Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, number one listener supporter radio. The printing press for freedom, at a time when freedom is needed the most. I am Bill Johnson. Some consider my efforts to be an underground law school. I am not an attorney and I do not give legal advice. I teach. That's lawful and legal. Consider yourself served. You are to appear Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, Studio A. My forte? Foreclosure and contract law. Grab your legal pad and pen learn a broad spectrum of law spanning administrative, criminal, family, tort, and federal law. Fools and losers cling to old cases. I dissect and comment on the latest rulings that control the courts. Don't be a loser. And if you don't appear, you will be held in contempt. I will defend myself against their tyranny. Number three is my radio. I'm squarely in front of the public all the time, and they all know what's going on. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on means for expanding its sphere of influence. Hello, my name is John Wayne. I do a broadcast here at freedomslips.com revolution. radio called the unequivocal truth defcon one freedom and folks I assure you we are in defense condition mission one, mission one as we journey perilously through this paradigm that we currently reside in and I ask that you join me every Saturday 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the unequivocal proof, DEFCON 1. never surrender! The original machine had a base plate of pre amulite, surmounted by a malleable logarithmic casing in such a way that the two spurving bearings were in a direct line with a panometric fan. The lineup consisted simply of six hydrocopic Marzal veins, so fitted to the ambifacient lunar wane shaft that side fumbling was effectively prevented. The main winding was of the normal lotus-o-deltoid type placed in panendermic semi-boloid slots of the stator, every seventh conductor being connected by a non-reversible tremie pipe to the differential girdle spring on the up end of the gram meters. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio, taking the confusion out of transmutated lunar girdle springs for four years and running. Revolution Radio, the number one listener supported alternative media radio on the planet. All right. Thanks for listening. We take this short break here at Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. And now we're going to get back to your host.
2: Well, welcome back, back, everybody. I hope you guys had a good break. Get up, do a little stretching. That's what I always do. And uh, having a great conversation here with Greg Fernandez Jr. I really enjoy always having discussions with him. We love to talk about a lot of the same things. So I'm glad that he's joined us for the first hour. And just to let everyone know, as I say at the the top of all the hours, like definitely it's you guys that always make this work. I say it every week. You guys are what makes this work. So please Remember that here at Revolution Radio is all listener supported, so definitely if you can go up, you can see the donate button it's not hard it'll walk you through how to do a donation. every donation is valued it's important, and it doesn't matter how small it is it all adds up you know we need you guys to make us uh to make this radio to make this whole station work and you know you guys in the chat are amazing and we have amazing amazing uh Host on this uh, platform that provide great content on so many different topics. And I uh, just, it's an amazing place to go, a place where you can talk freely, you know, about pretty much any topic. And that's getting harder and harder with all these platforms that are censoring us. So definitely uh, support it if you can. It's all appreciated. So thank you guys for everything that you guys do. And I'm not sure, are you still here with me, Greg, or are you, are you still staying on here? I'm not sure if you're still on or not, or if you just, oh, you are here. Perfect. I'm still here, just
3: hanging out, hanging out in the background.
2: All right, perfect. I'm going to try to get my friend Adam on here. Let's Hopefully this all works. I, like I say, please bear with me, guys, bringing guests in and out and stuff like that. I'm still learning <laughs> how to do it. So I'm going to try to add Adam here for us. Let's see if this all works. I am calling him, so we're doing something here. Uh, hopefully he can answer and we'll have come him on here. On. All right, are you there, Adam? I am. Ah, perfect. Thank you. Welcome so much uh, to the Crypt. Uh, I welcome you to the Crypt when we did our YouTube uh, interview a couple of days ago, so you're no stranger to coming on the Crypt and having a talk. Just uh, welcome so much, uh, Adam, and thank you for taking the time to come and talk to everybody.
1: Yeah, I'm happy to be here.
2: Oh, great. Yes, and I just let you know my friend Greg uh, Fernandez Jr., he's uh, kind of in the background. We were I had him on for the first hour. We were kind of just talking about world events and what's going on with COVID and all the stuff, the trucker uh, convoys and stuff. We were just kind of, and uh, I just joined him to sit kind of in the background while you give everybody some financial uh, advice and let them know certain things, because I know that that's what you did for a while, and... Uh, so hope you don't mind it. He's just in the background. He may have a question for you along the way, if that's cool.
1: Oh, of course it is. Moment, ah, yeah.
2: perfect, perfect. Yeah, you're so e- you're so easy going, Adam. It's amazing. I'm to be amazing. You're right. So I just wanted to get you on because I was in a lot of my shows. I always tell people, and you know this as well because we've talked finances before, um, that I definitely like to have irons. Uh, I always call it irons in the fire. That I like to have a lot of different ways of investing. So. I invest in gold and silver. I starting to invest in cryptocurrency now, and so I think that's good to have your money kind of scattered out into different areas, so it's not all in one place. And I remember when I first started talking to you about investing in the stock market and for you know for early retirement or for old age uh, and stuff like that, because I'm you know I'm not very trusting of the government and the stock market and stuff like that. But we had a lot of talks about it. And so, I just want you to let people know. What do you like? Can you explain, like, um, what you what do you find like uh, the importance of looking to the future and then and investing in the future and putting your money, uh, kind of getting your money to work for you? If you could just kind of break down that whole area.
1: Well, I mean, you know, that's a very broad kind of uh, spectrum when it comes to the world of finance. But I'll kind of take it one little bit at a time. Perfect. That would be perfect. Yep. So let's start off by what you talked about in terms of having multiple irons in the fire. This is a pretty standard uh, kind of thought process when it comes to investing, because it's the old saying of, right, you don't want to put all of your eggs in one basket. You know, um, certain stocks, certain uh, investments may be doing well right now, but as uh, we've seen, uh, they go up and down all the time, and you never know when one stock is going to shoot up uh one day and go down uh, the other so really when it comes to investing especially if you are new to investing your your best option is really to put it into a little bit of everything and if you're not experienced in the world of investing then your best bet is to usually reach out to someone who can help you with that someone like uh, a financial advisor something that I did for a couple of years or you know even a trusted friend someone who you know has a lot of experience in the financing world but too many times, uh, the biggest mistake I see when people start their investment journey is they look at things like the stock market and go, well, that's what I'm going to do because that's how people make a lot of money. And the truth of the matter is you can make a lot of money in the stock market, but it is a great mixture of both experience and luck. Um, I've always compared the stock market to a casino because that's really what it is. Uh, you take your money there and you're rolling the roulette wheel. Now, certainly you can, you know, look at certain stocks and try to predict what's going to happen, but, you know, that's the same thing as betting on the ponies or placing a bet on the Super Bowl. Like, you can look at all the right. stats and all the money and all the things that it's done previously, but previous performance does not predict future outcomes. And I think that what happens a lot of times to folks is they get caught up in the excitement of, I'm going to start investing in something like a cryptocurrency or, or even something like a gold and silver, which typically tend to be, you know, solid investments. Gold and silver are not typically very risky investments, but, um, the big mistake that people make, um, which can cost them quite a bit is that they go in all in on one particular stock, um, or they, um, they, jump into it without really doing the research. The best little piece of advice I can give to anybody who's listening to this right now and they're like, you know what? I would like to get involved in the stock market. I would like to see what this cryptocurrency stuff is all about. Uh, the best piece of advice I can give is treat it the same way you would treat a hobby, which is take a little bit of money out of your expenses every month that you would put away for something leisurely and use that money to play around with the stock market. Because until you have a lot of experience and a real handle on what the stock market can do and what it really um what kind of effect it has on your your cash flow you definitely don't want to be jumping in head first to it it is okay to dip your toes in the water a little bit otherwise trust your money to an advisor or somebody that can handle the money for you that knows the markets and knows what they're doing with your money so that would be the first thing i would start if you're talking about investing the the funds
2: Right, right. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's exactly what I remember when we first started talking when you were doing this. That's what you kind of said to me, too. And I was kind of under that illusion, too, if you remember, that I was like, Adam, I want to invest some money and I want to go and make tons of, you know, millions of dollars in the stock market. I think a lot of people think that, that, you know. would we all? Uh, exactly. And that's what you kind of said to me, too. You're like, if I knew those answers, then, you know, I would, you'd be doing it yourself. Absolutely. And I love the advice that you just gave that. Treat it like a hobby. Which, when you started talking to me about it that way, and that's why I'm glad I got you on here, is because it, you broke it down to something that I made a lot of sense to me. Like, treat it like a hobby. Don't. And I do you think a lot of people make that mistake is that they invest uh, too quickly or too much amount of money, or they is it kind of a combination of uh, not knowing what they're really doing and putting too much money into it? Like, what is, is that a problem that you you saw when you were doing this? Like, it was a lack of knowledge, I think, maybe in a lot of people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um a lot of people see what is being done out there in the stock market and the kinds of gains that people are making. And don't get me wrong, the stock market and investing your money, whether you're doing it through your own um your own choices or whether you're doing it with an advisor or with a a, a trusted colleague, you know, can be a fantastic form of passive income which can be key for folks who want to retire um securely or retire early in their lifetime. But the two biggest mistakes that I see are folks that try to get rich quick uh, and folks who just go in blind to it. And I'll come back to the, the first point in a minute. But when it comes to going in blind, the big problem is that the finance industry um, it can be very confusing. And it is designed to be so. Because once people learn the secret to finance, personal finance, which is that it's not that complicated, um, then they have an advantage, and by keeping people in the dark about this, um, companies and corporations and those within the finance industry can oftentimes take advantage of people so a lot of people take a look at stocks and and investing, they see all the financial jargon, and they just kind of say well i 'm just going to jump into it and kind of do my best without doing any research and Unfortunately, that tends to be the same kind of person who has a problem with issue number one, which is a lack of patience. Now, one thing that I would see as a financial advisor, regardless of whether people wanted to jump in on their own and work with stocks and and learn it that way, or whether they were leaving it up to me to help them with their finances, is there was oftentimes a lack of patience in the idea of that, hey, I want to get rich quick, or there would be a panic whenever stocks would fall. And the truth of the matter is that investing, whether, you know, you've, no matter what you've seen on television and the movies, investing is a long game. It always has been. It always will be. Nobody goes into the stock market, makes a bunch of money that gets out and never has to work a day again in their life. Or if they do, it is a rare, rare occurrence. We're talking right, like a right. blue moon occurrence. Investing is a long, term game and a lot of people don't realize this so when they see their stocks go down or when they see their investments start to fall the problem is that a lot of people immediately panic and they rush to pull all of their investments out but the problem is that this is actually a backwards strategy because what happens is if you pull out your investments when they start to drop especially if you pull them out before they've hit bottom What ends up happening is that those stocks are now at their lowest pricing, and what's going to happen is that eventually, you're going to wait until those stocks are doing well again, and then you're going to buy them back up. Well, what sense does that make? You lost the money, you pulled it, and then once you're you you not doing any investing with that money, and then once it gets back up to a high point, you're going to go back and buy it and spend more money again? (laughs) But people panic. They're emotional when they invest, whereas... Whenever somebody used to come to me and say, okay, the stocks have just dropped. The market is dropping. What should I do? This is the time that I tell them you need to invest more money into the stock market. And you know, a lot of them are very confused by this, but you know, you have to, but it's very simple when you just use the logic to think about if these stocks have dropped and they get down to a rock bottom price, they're now at the lowest price they could possibly be. If you have extra available income to invest, That's the time to pump your money into it because once they do go back up again, and unless they're really struggling, unless this is like a complete collapse, which, you know, it rarely is, those stocks are going to go up again. And then when those stocks go up again, when those investments go up again, you are at that point now reaping the benefits. Then you're getting the profits back. Buy low, sell high. It seems simple and it seems like a very, you know, um, logical kind of, um, process for investing but we're human beings and human beings are emotional and when we start seeing our money going down we tend to panic so the two things that i would say when it comes to investing um you know treat it like a hobby get your knowledge first before you dive in if you're going to go in solo and secondly be patient it's a long game do not panic when the market rises or falls It's just like anything else out there. It ebbs and flows. It's a long game, so play it. Play it as such.
2: Right. That yeah, that's amazing advice. I remember, and that's what I remember you telling me too, is that because I think I just saw it was probably Hollywood movies. I saw where you see these people and they're like following the, you know, they got fourteen monitors on their wall and they're watching all the numbers go by and. You know, screaming buy this, sell, you know, and, they're, and then they're making millions or trillions of dollars in one transaction and stuff like that. And that, you know, you made like it's obvious to me that that's very unrealistic for the average person. I'm yeah. sure that companies and stuff like that. Yes, it's probably a lot more intense for multi billion dollar companies and people like that. But for the average person, the that was the greatest advice that you ever gave me was that. Invest what you can, and it's a long game. You have to be patient, and uh, if it goes down, don't panic, and I I like the way you said too that people, I think, they invest, and they have a lot of emotion involved in it where they, you know, and they let their emotions kind of control the actions. That's why I was glad that I got you to set me all up into the investing in that because it takes that emotion out for me. Where I'm not and I kind of never looked at anything. I kind of keep track of what's going on a little bit, but I don't sit there and just hone in on it daily and worry about it. I kind of like uh let it do its own thing because I do realize what you just said that it ebbs and flows and that it's going to go up and down and it's the same thing Adam with cryptocurrency that people do too. they'll invest in cryptocurrency and then they'll see the cryptocurrency, which just recently happened for some coins, took a pretty big drop, and then people right away hit the panic button. And, you know, that's what some people that I know that are investing in cryptocurrency. This is the time to buy is what they were telling me. This is when you want to get in and buy it. Don't get rid of what you have. Buy some more of it. And I think that's really hard for people to grasp is when it's low like that and falling, that's when you want to start buying.
1: 100%. Uh, you're absolutely right. And that's really what it comes down to is that money can oftentimes be linked to our emotions. But the truth of the matter is um You know, uh, emotions have very little place in the realm of finance in terms of how you're going to invest your cash. Yeah,
2: perfect. Okay, I'm sorry. I was just I was just reading a comment from uh, Greg. That's uh, he's on the call with us right now. And uh, so, Greg, you have a question about that you wanted to ask adam about WWE? i knew this was going to come up because this is what i asked Adam the same thing about wwe stock so go ahead and ask him if you have a question for him greg by all means i've said he's, he's game to answer so if you have anything that you want to ask or uh comments or anything go ahead and ask him
3: yeah i just i mean he was just flowing so great i didn't want to you know to kind of jump in there but all um, right so um adam uh Do you know anything about the WWE stock? I'm I'm a WWE fan. You were talking about, you know, starting it out as a hobby. So I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe I should think about this. My my brother, um, he bought WWE stock, World Wrestling Entertainment stock, um, when, when they first started, and he's done pretty well. And so I'm, like, wondering about it now. The company is not doing that great, the COVID, everything like that. So I don't know if you know anything about the WWE stock. The good, the, the bad. But if you're saying as a, as a hobby, if I was going to invest, um, how much should I in, invest? Should I look at my own budget and then kind of figure out what I can invest? How often should I invest in it?
1: So that's a good question. I'll actually uh, – I'll answer that with, with a, a small story that uh, I've always found very interesting and something that stuck with me for a long time. I once did a seminar with Steve Carino. Um, and Carino told me something very interesting. He said that he buys one share of WWE stock because he's not a big investor guy, but what it does is that every quarter it gives him a a report, a financial breakdown of the WWE as a stockholder. So that gives him a lot of interesting information about the company. Uh, so I would just say first and foremost, from a fan's perspective, you know, uh, if you're interested to know some of the more, um, Business aspects of the WWE. And that's actually a pretty cheap way to do it. One one piece of stock in uh, WWE is not going to really uh, break the bank for the most part, and then you get some real interesting quarterly, um, you know, pieces of information from how the WWE is doing business-wise. Um, yeah, the WWE is an interesting one because, you know, on one hand, we know that like ratings have not been great for the company. Uh, A lot of people feel like they're in a creative drought as well. But from a business perspective, you know, um, they've been doing exceptionally well. Some of the best business they've ever done, not necessarily from a ticket sales or from a pay-per-view sales point of view, but those billion-dollar deals that they've got with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and Fox Sports and Peacock. They've been doing exceptionally well on that end of things. This is why they've got, uh, they caught a lot of criticism in the last year or two when they let go several, uh, well, several dozen talents and quoted, you know, um, financial reasons for the cuts when truly they had been making greater profits than they ever had before. So it's time, it's kind of a tough, um, call when it comes to WWE because right now, if, conti- if things continue to trend this way, You know, they're a good investment. They're going to be keep, they're going to be doing well. But there's also been some rumors recently that Vince McMahon is thinking about selling. Uh, there have been rumors that they were negotiating with Fox to purchase it, um, as well as, uh, Peacock NBC. They've already bought in the network. So now what I would say to that is how much stock do you put into those kinds of rumors? (laughs) Um, Right. What what (laughs) I would say is this. If you are a fan, uh, Yeah, buy a handful of stock if you want and just kind of do it for the interesting information that you get with being a shareholder for or being a stockholder, excuse me, for WWE. But in terms of looking at it as a a retirement egg or a nest egg, the professional wrestling business is often very cyclical. So it goes up and down and, you know, for sure, I (laughs) I would certainly make that you could make that a part of your portfolio. But, again, if it's more so just from a perspective of, like, I'm just a fan and I want to support this or learn something interesting about it, it's not the kind of thing that I would bet my life savings on. It's just more something that, like, oh, that might be fun to kind of invest and kind of watch how it goes. See, if you're getting started in investing with stocks, that might be a fun one to track, to kind of, like, I'm going to buy some little a little bit of stock in that, and I'm just going to watch how it goes and see where it goes up and down and, and kind of track how it flows. And because if you if you're already a fan of the product, That certainly helps because then you kind of already know the business, you know what it's about, and you can kind of watch the stock rise and fall based upon how it's doing within the industry and and what you're watching. So using that as kind of a beginner or baseline stock to kind of get your feet wet into that world um, is not a bad idea if you're a fan because you've already got some general knowledge in there which will help you understand a little bit better the correlation between what their business is doing and how their stocks are performing.
2: Very cool. Yeah, I remember, if you remember, Adam, I was, I asked, that was probably one of the first stocks I asked you about, because we're all wrestling fans, and I remember asking you that, too, when we were always talking about what I wanted to invest in. I was like, what about WWE? That was the first, I just thought of that right away. Like, I was like, I want to maybe invest in that. Now, Greg, you had one more question for Adam that you wanted uh, to ask him about the movie and the book, The Wolf of Wall Street. So if you want to go ahead and ask him that, and then I'll, got some questions for you also, Adam.
3: Sure. Yes, sure. Sorry, yeah, I just want one more follow up with that. Um, because it's actually WrestleMania season, I'm I'm kinda wondering when the best is there a good time? Like would this be a good time to start? Because yes, I've never bought socks, but if I was going to, I, I love what you said about doing it as a hobby, try it out, don't break the whole bank and so I'm if if I was going to do something, it would have to be something that I really, you know, um was passionate for and wrestling. I'm very passionate for. So if I was going to invest in stocks or do something like that, I would want to do it for this business. um, With the WrestleMania season coming up, is it a good time to buy before WrestleMania after? Does it matter?
1: What I'll say to that, what I'll say to that is if you're using WWE as a way to break into stocks and just kind of watch it and see how it, how it um, evolves and progresses over time, don't wait, do it as soon as possible because the reward in doing that is the experience and the knowledge that you take away from watching that stock grow and change. Um, it's not going to be something that you should look at as an investment. Again, if we're t- treating it like a hobby, as a baseline for a learning experience into stocks, just buy it up. Go and get your, even if it's just one stock, just buy your one stock and watch and see how that goes. Because you don't necessarily need to invest a lot of money into it. You just need to use it as a way to gauge how it's doing. So my suggestion is don't wait for a certain time period. Uh you can get into that sort of argument or that kind of um question once you've got a handle on it because right now if I'm if I'm looking at it right now, WWE stock is uh at 49.94 today. So $49.94 for one share today. So and it's up today by the way 2.55%. So that means if you got 50 bucks in your pocket to spend, that'll get you one share of WWE. For for me personally, I'm not probably going to spend more than that. Just because if I'm just jumping into it trying to track it and see how it's kind of going up and down, that's plenty. 50 bucks is plenty enough for me to invest in something for a hobby. So, you know, personally just looking at that right now, that's what I would say. If you've got the extra 50 bucks, you want to get on the ground floor, buy yourself one stock just that's all you need, and then use that as your your example to watch and see how it grows and to track and to learn the ins and outs. The other thing I would recommend doing um, I just thought of right now is get involved in different communities where people are discussing these things. If you have a family member that is already investing in stocks and investing in the market, talk to them uh, for me. That person was my brother in law uh, my brother in law Tim has been uh, watching stocks and has been investing in stocks on his own independently for a couple of years now he 's not a professional by any means, but you know even though I was in the financing business it 's never a bad thing to talk to other people in that community. Join Facebook groups, go online and watch youtube videos you 're going to get a lot of conflicting information, but you 're going to also learn who you 're going to gravitate towards in terms of people who will um, explain the industry in a way that makes sense to you. And that is very important. It's one of the things that I prided myself on as an advisor was a person who can explain finances in a way that anyone can understand, because you know, the way I look at it, if I can understand it, anybody can understand it. Cause uh, I'm, you know, just, I, I mean, I ain't nobody special. So, um, That would be the way that – that's the advice that I would give to make a short answer long. Uh, Just jump in. If you've got the extra 50 bucks. jump in, get yourself one stock, and start using it and start watching it. Start learning from it immediately, and just keep track of that stuff.
2: Yeah, that's great advice, and that's the advice you gave me, Adam. I remember that too, is just even get one stock just to get your feet wet and to start learning about it. And I did the same thing with cryptocurrency. I just bought, I started with a a crypto coin that was very, very cheap, like it was, you know, and I, and it wasn't, I never got into it because I thought I was going to make millions of dollars or thousands of dollars on this cryptocurrency, I just wanted to get my feet wet, which is the biggest step in my opinion for anything, is you have to be willing to take that first step, and uh, that's what I did, so that I, it makes you want to learn more about it, so that's great advice, I would definitely do that too, Greg, if you want to if you want to get in WWE stock and and start learning, that's great advice that Adam gave. Now, what I wanted to ask you, Adam, and if you want, I mean, I'm not sure what Greg wanted to ask you about the Wolf of Wall uh, Wolves of Wall Street. So if you have a, the book and the movie, what what did you want to ask him, Greg? And then I can go on to how oh, people go about getting a financial
3: advisor and stuff. Yeah, no, I, I just wanted to ask him if he's seen it, if he's read the book, what what his thoughts are on it. Perfect.
1: Uh, I haven't read the book but I, I watched the incredibly entertaining uh movie by Martin Scorsese. <laughs> uh it's a fantastic film. Um you know it, it's it's a very interesting story because on one hand you know you have this seemingly um, charismatic and very um I wouldn't say likable, but a a kind of person that you look at and you go, "Wow, that guy's really got it all together um but oftentimes when we see these kinds of films, we have to really dig a little bit deeper to understand that you don't understand if you're if you're admiring this the jordan belford per, you know you're you're missing the point of the film, which is that this was a guy that you know uh took advantage of a lot of people and right, um right. he really cost a lot of people their livelihoods financially and felt like he was above the law and that sort of thing. But I mean, again, you know, that's the risk you run when you when you walk the fine line. And it's it's, you know, the kind of thing that only a director like Scorsese can kind of do, which is that, you know, you can paint this guy as someone to admire, because if you look at it from a narrative perspective, it's his story. Right. And the same thing with the book. It's Jordan Belford's story. It's from his perspective. So, of course, he's going to be the hero. Right. Um, it's all about showing the balance and the the idea that no you're you're actually not <laughs> the hero in this um you know it's one of those things where you know it is a cautionary tale in the sense that you know the idea of of you know capitalism and your quest to be the best and to make as much money as you can you know takes a lot of ambition and a lot of admirable qualities but it can also lead you down a very dark path. Uh, what I would suggest, just from a, not from a financial perspective, but from, well, maybe a little bit from both, but also from a movie lover perspective, if you liked that film, uh, I would also recommend watching um The Founder, which is the story of Ray Kroc. That's a good,
2: yeah, that's a great one.
1: And that's a movie I also like because I feel like it has very similar kind of overtones to it in the sense that. The first half of the movie, you're really cheering for Ray Kroc because you can see he's a guy that has a lot of ambition, a lot of talent, and a lot of great ideas. But as that greed consumes him, uh, you kind of end up hating him. At least I did anyway. Uh, so, I mean, that's kind of my take on those stories. I think if you can get the right messages out of them, it's great. And, uh, you know, if it, if it piques someone's interest in starting to invest their money, um, great. Um, I would also maybe recommend people watch The Big Short as well. Um, because that's a movie about financial collapse that, you know, I know on one hand might, you know, seem kind of scary, but you know, if again, if you take away the message from it, the right message from it in terms of, you know, playing safe with your, with your money, uh, is, is good, a good general 90% rule. You know, it's nothing, there's nothing wrong with going out there and taking a few risks as long as you're doing it in a safe way, if that makes sense. <laughs>
2: No, that makes total. Yeah, it makes total sense, Adam. And that—that's the one thing I've had people say too. A lot of people will say, and I think it was even you know, a concern that I brought up to you is, okay, so I start—I I'm, mean, I'm, I'm starting to invest in the stock market. What happens if the stock market all of a sudden? And I remember—I do remember asking you this, and I—I I, I hope you remember me asking you it. I do. But I was, yeah, and I was like, okay, Adam. So I'm investing my money. I'm into the stocks and all that it's in the stock market. What happens, and I think I've had people say this to me actually to my face too, is, that okay, if I started investing, what happens if all of a sudden the whole stock market tanks, everything crashes, the banks crash, everything, you lose everything? And what what is your – if somebody said that to you, what would your response be to that?
1: Uh, my response to that would be that if you're investing properly, uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, the kind of collapse – in that scenario that people imagine in which they lose all of their savings completely overnight in one drop. That is the kind of thing that happens when somebody invests into the stock market without proper expertise or knowledge and they put all of their money into one stock. So if you're going to put all of your money into one stock, yeah, there is 100% a, a chance that that could happen, especially if it's a riskier stock. Um, right. and, and unfortunately that has happened where people have either been given poor advice or been taken advantage of as a way to bolster other stocks. Um, so that the person behind the money gets a little bit richer. What I would tell those people is that how you invest your money, um, or, or I should say your, your personality type should play a part in how you invest your money in the sense that A good advisor, um, when sitting down with you, does not just talk about dollars and cents. They will also talk about how you feel about investing. Because like I said before, people can get a little emotional when it comes to their funds. So it's important to determine what kind of investor you are from a personality standpoint. And what I mean by that is this. If I am in an advisor meeting with you and we start talking about possible scenarios – and I mentioned, okay, let's say we put your money into a stock and I tell you the next day that you've lost 5% of that investment. How do you feel about that? Are you going to pull your money out at that point? And if you say, well, nope, 5 percent's not that much. Okay, how about 10%, 20%, 50%? These are the kinds of questions we don't ask ourselves, but they're important when it comes to the idea of risk management right? Which of these is going to make you panic and pull all of your money out? If at 5%, you're like, yeah, you know what? I would pull all my money out at that point. Now, does that mean you shouldn't be investing? Absolutely not. You can invest, but if that's what you're going to tell me as an advisor, what I would say to you is then, great, fantastic. We're going to invest in a very conservative portfolio. We're going to do a lot of bonds. We're going to do a lot of um, you know, government-issued Stocks, we're going to do a lot of, we're going to do a lot of, um, investments that have maybe not necessarily the highest returns, but are also not going to drop a lot. They're going to be very steady, very baseline. These are the kinds of, this is the kind of, these are the kind of investments that I usually recommend for folks who are, who are starting to retire. Because once you hit retirement age and you are no longer bringing income, unless you have a, a source of passive income which we could get into a whole other topic about um you know that's the time you're going to be pulling that money from that little that little investment egg if you will that um, that nest egg so you're not going to want at that time in your life to have a lot of fluctuation you're not going to want to have it going up and down and all over the place but if you are maybe a younger person just starting off into investing at 18 or 19 you know you've probably got you know 20 40, maybe even 30 years of investing to go. So you've got a lot of wiggle room for your investments to go all the way up and all the way down and anywhere in between because you've got the time to play that long game. You've got more time to play that long game. And if you are the kind of person that's okay with that kind of risk and you're the kind of person that's going to see that stock go up, go down, take huge nosedives, go all the way up and you're going to look at that and go, "Hmm, okay, that's interesting. I'll keep an eye on that. Then I'm going to maybe likely recommend, okay, we're going to do something a little bit more aggressive. Now we're going to spend most of our money in those stocks. Now we're going to invest more of our money in some of those more riskier um, investments that can give you those big-time gains. Now you're also going to see some big drops. But if you've got right. that kind of mentality that, you know, I can handle that, I'm in it for the long haul, well, then that's what I'm going to recommend. See, and this is where the advantage of having an advisor can really help with that sort of thing because a good advisor will take all of that into consideration when helping you make your investments because a smart advisor would never ask you to invest at a level that you are uncomfortable with. Even if they think that you – are. like even if I'm talking to somebody who's 18 or 19, has a lot of time to invest in the markets, so maybe they can afford – to go a more aggressive route with their investments. If I'm having that discussion with them personality wise and they're showing all kinds of trepidation and saying that, no, 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 if I lost any money, I'd be really uncomfortable with it. I'm, I do not want to lose any of my money. That person is a conservative c- investor. No matter how much time they have, that's a conservative investor. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I never want that, uh, I never want that client calling me in a panic. Going pull all my money, pull all my money because the you know the stock dropped two points. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. That's not good for you as an investor because it makes it stressful. And and a good advisor should take the stress out of your investing, not add to it. So you really have to get to know your client on a personal level, and this is where a good investor, excuse me, a good advisor can be very hard to find.
2: Right. And that was going to be my next question, Adam. You, you, you led into that perfect. Um, well, I was
1: trying to set you up, man. Right. Yeah.
2: You, yeah. I mean, yeah. You, I mean, you've been on radio forever, man. You know, all that. You know, you're just amazing at doing this. You're natural at it. So you make it so easy. Um, and that's what I was going to, because I know Greg's, uh, and I know a few, I know Greg wants to start investing. I know a few people that are listening right now because I told them you'd be on are definitely wanting to invest and they don't know even where to begin. So I hear that a lot. Like, well, then that was my problem. I always wanted to start investing in the stock market, but I had no idea where to begin, where to go, how to start. And I was just fortunate that I knew you, that you were doing this. So you made it very easy for me. How does somebody find a good uh, financial advisor, somebody that does what you were doing, and what do they look for? Like, can you walk people through that have never done this and what they should do to start? 100%.
1: So there's a couple of things you should always be looking for when it comes to getting a good financial advisor. Um, The first thing is you want to find somebody who is willing to take the time with you. So if you're meeting with an advisor and they want you to just sign a bunch of stuff right out the gate and you know they're not willing to take any time to get to know you as a person before they make your investments, a lot of what we just finished talking about, That's a big red flag right there. You want someone who's going to take the time to ask you questions about you, you, who you are, but also what are your investments? What are your goals? What is it that you're trying to accomplish with your money? A person who comes to an advisor and says that they're looking to save a couple thousand dollars for a vacation or a new car. They're going to have a different strategy than someone who's looking for a retirement plan or an emergency fund or looking to get out of debt. Any of those goals are great goals for an investor or someone looking to do something with their money. And having a good advisor will be someone who will look at you differently and not just put you into the same, I put all my clients into this stock. It's great. This portfolio is perfect. It's never led me wrong with anybody. No, they gotta take the time to understand who you are. And that's a big thing. Uh, so yeah, the, the, if a, if an advisor is trying to rush you through it, wants to get everything just kind of done in an afternoon, that's a big red flag. I would meet with my clients two to three times at least before we even started talking about yep, putting pendant.
2: Very true. Very true.
1: Because you want to get an idea of who the client is before you start giving them advice, right? It's not easy just to give advice to anybody. You have to make sure that you know exactly what you're getting into. The other thing I would ask is um, what kind of reputation do they have now? This can be a little tricky because you know there have there are lots of uh, advisors out there who have been doing it for decades and are really fantastic uh but there's also you know young fresh advisors out there who are passionate and hungry and just as good as well they may not have the experience as some of those advisors but this is where it can get a little bit tricky because you want to make sure that someone has a good Reputation, And that doesn't necessarily mean experience because I know plenty of financial advisors who have been in the game for decades who don't really care about their clients and they don't treat them very well. And I also know advisors who are just breaking in, have only been doing it for a year or two, and they really care about their clients. So how do you find out? You know, do they have something like a Yelp or something like that for for financial advisors? Well, that's certainly one way to go about it. If you're looking at um, advisor teams like your your Freedom Fifty Fives, your Sun Life Financials, or even some banks who offer financial advisors, you know, you can do that. But my biggest piece of advice when it comes to trying to find a reputation for the advisor you're asking about uh working with is who do, who do your friends and family recommend? Who are the people that you know who are investing right now? Talk to them. Who are their people? Because I guarantee you, if you know somebody who is investing and they have a good advisor, they will want to tell you. Because if they are your friends, they, they will want you to have the same financial success. So Very for example. True. You know, uh, obviously, even before I got into the game, I trusted Mike Bissett. He's my financial advisor to this very day. Even while I was a financial advisor, I did not handle my own finances. I let Mike handle that. Because I trust him that much. He is the absolute best. So I'm gonna do a quick plug for him, if you don't mind. So I would say, go
2: right ahead. Yep. Go right ahead,
1: Adam. <laughs> so I'll just give my personal recommendation, which is Mike the Financial Advisor. You can actually find him across all social medias, Facebook, Instagram, even TikTok. He's got his own TikTok and YouTube. Uh Mike Mike the Financial Advisor or Mike the F A for short, if you want. Um but this is what I mean. You hear me ranting and raving about how great a guy he is you will likely find somebody who ha- who speaks the same way about Mike that I do, uh, or that speaks the same way about their finance guy or girl that I do about Mike. Um, okay. And that's really a great place to start. So get recommendations from people that you know in your friend group or in your families that are doing some investing and have them set up a meeting or say, you know, can I get their number? Because I'm sure they've got it and they're probably looking for more clients. Then from there, set up your meetings, talk to them, and make sure they're the right fit. And ask a lot of questions. When you're a client trying to find your advisor, ask a lot of questions because a good advisor will have answers for you or they will reach out to somebody who does know and will get back to you on that sort of thing. So never be afraid to ask a lot of questions because, hey – As as a former advisor myself, I loved it when my clients asked a lot of questions because it showed that they cared about what they were talking about. It showed that they were invested, and as an advisor, I was always invested in what my clients had to say, and a good advisor will always have that response. They will always be eager to answer the questions you have.
2: Right, and you were, and you very much were, Adam, because I remember when I first started, I, w- I was asking you so many questions. I still remember messaging you, uh, asking you tons of questions on Messenger, and then you, if you did know, you, it's true, you would say, I'll get back to you, I'll find out uh, as soon as I can what you're asking. If you didn't know, and you would, you would get back to me so quickly, and I do think that that's, that was the thing that made that, you know, I was uh when you got me in, uh, into investing and in that and you were my fa- financial advisor like you you uh, your passion showed for it and how excited you were and how you broke everything down and you were willing to take the time to explain to somebody like me and my wife who had no idea what we were like how to go about it or we didn't know the terminology and I think that's what you're saying it's very important to find a financial advisor that works for you I I mean I it's probably you know, you're not going to get along with everybody. It's like that in the world for everything. So, I mean, if you don't get discouraged that the first person you reach out to isn't a fit, just keep looking and uh, researching who would be, you know, who are some good advisors until you find one that fits. I
1: think that's great advice. Absolutely. Uh, in terms of what you just said about don't get discouraged if the first one is not a great fit. Right. Absolutely 100% right about that. Um, and, you know, this does bring up something that I just want to kind of go on a little tangent about here. Okay. Uh, because... I think it's a very – one thing that I think would help a lot of people in general is if we got more comfortable talking about money amongst ourselves. And you'll always notice, um, and there's a reason for this, that the people who tend to accumulate the greatest amount of wealth are always hanging out with other rich people. You ever notice that? Rich people hang out with other rich people. And the reason is because they share a common interest, which is money, and they're not afraid to talk about it. And I know myself, I was raised in a household where we didn't talk about money, at least not not the ins and outs of it. We talked about the importance of saving your money, the importance of getting a good paying job. And that was pretty much where it was left. You go out, you get a good paying job and you save your money. Well, That's really great advice in terms of an overall blanketed statement, but it drills down so far that you can't even begin to tell. I can't even begin to emphasize how important it is to have conversations. And of course we're taught that having conversations about money is taboo. Money is a very taboo subject and it needs to stop being a taboo subject. So what I tell people out there, if there are any, um, People listening to this and they're like, well, I don't have anybody that I talk money with. Uh, start talking about it with your friends. Bring it up. Ask them. Just say, hey, listen, I'm thinking about getting involved in some investing and stuff. Like, what, what is your strategy or, or what do you know about this? And trust me, it helps a lot when you have people and friends that you can talk to. And if you don't know anybody like that, join a group. Join a community online. There are all kinds of money saver groups and people who are getting involved and interested in this that are are out there looking for other people to talk money with. So go out there and find, find your money friends. And they don't have to be rich people. They can be people like you. But I will say this. It never hurts to have at least one rich person in the group because that's somebody who knows what they're doing with their money. And it's never a bad idea to have a rich guy in the group. So, um, you know, but more importantly than that, if there are parents listening to this and they're like, I want to get my kids involved with it, talk to them, teach them about this stuff, Um, break out the checkbook, go through your budget with your kids, because I guarantee you that is going to be, far more beneficial to them than you can ever imagine. Teach children about money at a young age, and not just about the ideas of saving and spending, but teach them about things like investments, about passive income. Teach them about things like debt. Teach them about the things that are going to basically financially control their lives pretty much up until they're dead. So make normalize the conversation around money. That is a huge, huge piece of the puzzle that I think we're missing in society that is holding us back. The reason that the financial world can be such a confusing and overwhelming time uh, or overwhelming place for so many people is because they use language that the average person doesn't use. They use terminology the average person doesn't hear on a day-to-day basis. But once you start discussing these things and breaking it down into speak and language that you can understand – the world of finance becomes a much easier place to navigate. But the best way to do that is to just have normal, everyday conversations about money with your friends the same way you would about sports or politics or your favorite TV show or whatever it is, right? right. Less Game of Thrones, more prices, right. You know what I'm saying?
2: Oh yeah, for sure. I agree and that, and I and when you said that about your family never talking about money, my family and I think probably a lot of people listening their families were the same uh, way too. You just it was never talked about. Like uh, yeah, they told you, know, exactly what you said Adam, you got you got to get a good job and you got to save your money, throw put it in the bank, but that was where it always ended. Like it, we never sat down and talked about investing, we never talked about uh different ways to invest, and that I can definitely say now, like as I'm getting older, that was a, definitely uh went against uh me as I grew up because i we never talked about it, so I never understood it, I never understood the terminology, and I think a lot of people are like that, and I know that even with cryptocurrency too, they use words that and uh descriptions and that that nobody understands at first, and it's so confusing. I' remember finding cryptocurrency even really confusing. But once you start diving in and doing a little bit of research, it all starts making sense. So it, it, the most important thing is to take that first step. You have to take the first step,
1: and usually you know, you'll figure it out as you go. 100%. Communication is key, whether that's with an advisor, with a friend, or with a family member. Normalize talking about money. That's what it comes down to.
2: Yeah, I I totally agree. Uh, then I think people, and I, that's a funny thing too, is I have a lot of people like that I talk to that definitely they don't trust government. They don't. Tr- they definitely don't trust the banking system. And I'm in that boat too. I'm not a big fan of government. I make that very clear on my show here. I'm not a fan of banking and what the you know, the elite bankers are doing to the world in general. But unfortunately, as I tell people, this is the world that we live in. We live in a world where you need money to survive. You gotta pay your rent. You gotta pay buy food. You gotta do all these things. So to say that you don't agree with the way it's run and stuff like that, I totally I'm on board with people that say that hundred and fifty percent. Believe me, I I am. But we also have to play by the rules that we're given at this point as it stands right now. And so you know, it's best to, you know, find ways that you can start investing your money and in different ways, as I said, different irons in the fire and uh, try to, you know, save some money for down the road. And I love the way you said that it all matters what you want to do with what you're doing when you invest. Because as one of the things that you asked me, do you want, is this a long term? Do you want to retire on this money? Do you want to take a big trip? That's an amazing trip. Do you want to just buy a new car? Those are really important questions that I think a lot of people don't think of when they first want to start investing.
1: One of the most perplexing questions that I would ask people um, when I would meet them to talk about financing uh, when it comes to retirement is I would ask them, what does your retirement look like? And you'll find that most people have never, ever thought about what they want to do or not do in retirement. And yet, it is one of the most critical questions you need to ask yourself because the person who wants to spend their retirement years traveling around the world, experiencing new places, new people, new things, and just living life up to the maximum versus a person who just wants to spend their times hanging out, Living, at, you know, if you've got a farm or or just a you know a casual place that you're just living, and you know maybe you're going to travel, you know to to see your grandkids, you know once a year or you know every couple months or whatever, the first person is going to have to have a lot more money put away than the second person. But these kinds of things never you know cross people's minds, and the kind of retirement that you have. Um, is going to affect the way that you need to invest as well. Are you right. looking for the kind of uh, extravagant retirement that allows you to do a lot of expensive things, or are you looking for a very simple retirement? And how much time have you got to get there? Because before, if,
2: Yes, yes, that's true, you know, too.
1: If you've got somebody coming to me who wants to retire at 65, they're 60 now, and they're just starting their retirement off, um You know, it's not impossible, but I'm going to tell them if they're coming back to me and they're saying, I want to travel the world when I retire, I'm going to be honest with them and I'm going to tell them, okay, that seems like it may be a little bit out of your range, given the time frame that we're looking at here, unless you come into a large sum of money very quickly. So all of these things play a factor into that. And they are the kinds of questions you need to start asking yourself. And asking your partners, if you are in a relationship with somebody and you plan to spend your retirement with that person, you know, what do they want out of it as well? What does their retirement plans look like? Um, it's very important to ask these questions. And again, getting back to it, that's what a good financial advisor does. Um, it listens, they listen to your questions and they ask some important ones, um, and some difficult ones to you as well. Um, one of the things that I, Always recommended, and I I still will recommend it. It's a it's a hill I will always die on is the importance of life insurance. And it's a very difficult question to ask people. But it's an important one when we ask them, like, you know, what is the plan for when you die? How much are you worth to your family dead? And it's a terrible morbid question to ask, but we, a good advisor will ask it with the idea being that it's an important financial question that needs to be asked as well. So don't be afraid to get uncomfortable when it comes to talking about money. If you've never grown up talking about it, if you and your friends don't talk about it, I know it can be an uncomfortable conversation to have, but it is a worthwhile conversation to have, and it is one that you will benefit from in the long run. Again, play in the long game. That's what it's all about. That's,
2: wow, that's amazing advice, Adam. And, I, and my time is running up here, so definitely want to thank you, Adam, for uh, coming and uh, t- uh, educating us on this. And i you are always welcome, and I'd love to get you back on uh down the road to give some more advice and some more uh, of your knowledge and stuff like that you're always welcome here and thank you so much and i want to thank you too greg greg fernandez jr for coming on and uh joining us and giving his insights on stuff and sticking through the show and asking adam some questions and that thank you guys both for coming in and uh joining me on this show I also want to let everybody know, I always remind people, this is all listener-supported. You guys make this happen, so definitely, please, if you can, go to the donate uh, uh, section. It'll walk you right through on how to do a donation. Every little bit helps to keep this all going. Everybody, thank you for joining me. Have a great night, and take care.
0: Radio, every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, on Studio B, for Momentary Zen, with host, Zen Garcia, at freedomsteps.com. The People Station. This is Thomas, aka a mad painter. I'd like you to join me Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Open Canvas. Don't forget to bring an open mind. Yes, folks, that's right. Bring an open mind to an open canvas. Again, that is Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern. UFOs to government corruption. This is Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. You don't need to expect us, we're already here. I am Bill Johnson. Some consider my efforts to be an underground law school. I am not an attorney, and I do not give legal advice. I teach. That's lawful and legal. Consider yourself served. You are to appear Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, Studio.